Welcome back to the Relatively Speaking Podcast. We are recording on Monday. It is May 28th. Is it the 28th or is it the 29th? The 29th. Oh, it's 29th. I don't have my phone next to me, so I lost the date. I'm your co-host, Jared Vince, and joining me on this lovely Monday morning. It is Memorial Day weekend. It is Memorial Day Monday. My co-host, Joseph Nardone. Joe, how was your weekend, man? How was dumpster diving? Dumpster diving was tremendous. Um, the people that came in to take down the garage, one, they were super nice. Two, they were fast and clean. And three, I don't know, I don't have a three, but I can't, I, I wish they had like a company name, but it's really just some dude. Because I would give them free advertising because that's how good they were and how polite they were. And like, you're, you're always worried that they're going to make a mess when they knock down something. But no, and then they went above and beyond. Like, my wife just happened to mention to them that we had a couple of poles in the yard. Like, they like they used to be, like, you know, clothes where people, poles where you'd hang strings from where you used to hang clothes out. And she just mentioned she didn't like them, so uh, he just took them out first. So, uh... Wow. Shout the guy out. Shout I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't know his name. It's Mike wow, something. It's, it's Mike something. <laughs> All right, guys. Everybody in the uh, Scranton-Wilkes-Barre region, if you're looking for someone to help you with your garbage, call Mike something. He's great. He's nice, he's fast and clean, and he doesn't have a third good thing about him. No. <laughs> well, I'm sure he does, uh, but I don't know what it is. Fair enough, fair enough. That, that's good, Joe. Uh, so we're not going to talk too, too, too much about sports today because, you know, there isn't really going on anything going on that's in our wheelhouse. Of course, there's the Stanley Cup championship, and, you know, I hear that the NHL playoffs have been tremendous, and the Eastern Conference Finals were great, and Game 7, woo, all awesome things, but... I'm not going to fake the funk. Joe, do you have anything you'd like to contribute in the realm of hockey before we get started on our show today? I do. So we talked a little bit about this off here. I watched the E60 with P.K. Subban, who is, I guess, one of the best players in the NHL. I also don't want to make it sound like I'm trying to pretend I'm a hockey expert, because I am not. I could name three hockey players. It's Sidney Crosby, the Russian guy from Washington. Alex, that's not his name. Alexander <laughs> Ovechkin, that's his name, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, now MPK Subban. And I only previously only knew Subban as the polarizing hockey player, and I use air quotes because polarizing mostly meant he was polarizing for reasons that had nothing to do with anything good. And not Joe, if nobody's ever watched a hockey game before, let them know why he's polarizing. Uh, because he doesn't look like your traditional hockey player. Um... <laughs> And that's three eyes. Does he have, you know, <laughs> green hair? What do you mean, Joe? <laughs> He's not white. And uh, I, I don't I didn't know much about him other than people love to bash him on Twitter. So I'm watching this thing, and it turns out like people just don't like him because he, he likes to have fun, apparently. And he had some great quotes in there. And I tweeted out yesterday that, like, as – because I don't dislike hockey, right? Like, I don't think it's a boring sport or anything like that. It's just something I never really got into, and I will watch, like, parts of the Stanley Cup, because it is fun to watch, like, the intensity and stuff, but I can only name three players, and I was talking to Jamie Eisner, who's our, like, hockey expert for Fan Red Sports. He said they do a really poor job of marketing their stars, that they more believe it's a team game, and they try to market the teams more than stars. That he wishes they would take the NBA approach of, like, jamming the stars down people's throats, because... I was telling him, like, I found P.K. Subban super interesting and super fascinating and actually really likable. And um, I, don't, and I, I still don't understand, like, if whatever the other reasons are, apparently, that people don't like him, I don't get them. It feels very Major League Baseball unwritten rule-ish why they don't like him. 
But uh, I tweeted out that they should make him the face of the league, and then that, that got Seth Greenberg for ESPN involved. He quote tweeted, quote tweeted me. He's like, I couldn't agree. So here you had two college basketball guys yesterday tweeting about the NHL PK Subban and how great he is. And uh, I think that's something they should look into. Because if you can make me and Seth Greenberg interested in hockey on a Sunday, you can get pretty much anybody interested. But you're not really interested in hockey. Did you watch this and think, I got to see this guy play? I do. I, wanna, I, 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 wanna, I have a rooting interest now. So All right. uh, he plays for Nashville now, the Nashville Predators. Because he had so many good lines. Like he had the line I told you uh, uh, off air that like they asked him about being traded from Montreal and Nashville. And he's like, I, he said how much he cared and loved Nat, uh, Montreal because he was spent most of his career there. He goes, listen, don't feel bad for me. I'm going to be okay. I'm making $9 million a year. And he said it with a giant smile on his face. Then he also, when he had his return game in Montreal, they apparently Montreal loves him, like the, the fan base, were chanting his name, and he was bawling like uncontrollably during the thing. Like, that makes you feel empathy for him, and you can relate to that. And then what else? Oh, and then... I guess when he arrived at Nashville, people said, like, Nashville wasn't a hockey city. And I guess that since he's arrived, they've become a hockey city. From this, from the E60 I've watched, I don't have any other information other than that E60. Um, they asked him about that, and he goes, well, so much probably people say Nashville's not a hockey city. But I just like it. so refreshing to hear a guy just talk and say what he feels and give a little showmanship. And, uh, yeah, so now I'm emotionally invested. I want Nashville to win, and I want P.K. Subban to score all the goals. Look at us inadvertently really talking about hockey. I've actually been hearing about the, the Nashville hockey culture, too, and not necessarily, you know, in Nashville, but really everybody rallying around the team. I mean, I, you and I are both Dan Levitard fans. I know on his show a couple weeks ago they were talking about how the offensive line of the Tennessee Titans has been at games just, like, pounding beers with fans. They're going to be on the show this week, the Dan Levitard show this week. Yeah. We're awesome. Yeah, like, even Marcus Mariota's there, but he's taking it a little easier. But, I mean, like... People are getting involved, and it's cool to see that. It's cool to see energy around hockey. And, look, hockey, you know, often turns into like my sport from its fan base because, you know, they shun other sports in in support of hockey where I'm never going to watch a basketball game and see a dunk and be like, can you jump with skates on your feet? Huh? Your, sport's not cool. your sport's not as cool as mine. But anytime anything happens in another sport, hockey guy comes chiming in, you know, killing the sport that, that they're watching just to ridicule. I don't want to do that to hockey. I agree with what you said. You know, hockey's a really fun sport. It's enjoyable. You know, unfortunately, it just it hasn't been marketed well, and they haven't had a TV deal with ESPN, which is kind of killer if you want to be a major sport in America in this day and age, or at least not necessarily this day and age, but the last two decades, you know, the last 15 years, 10 years, hockey's kind of fallen by the wayside despite having some superstars. But, yeah, that, that sounds cool. I, I don't think I will really tune into the Stanley Cup, but shout-out to you guys. You got us talking about hockey today. Yeah, and like, uh, I like, I like, I like, I really don't want to pretend to sound like hockey expert, and it's not, I'm not going to watch every single second of the Stanley Cup either. But I'm, I'm emotionally invested enough that I'll watch. And all it took was one E60 on a guy that I found interesting, and it got me emotionally hooked. And I think if we ever want to, I think the the uh, please like my guy sport. Every every sport has those guys. I know, like being a college basketball writer, there's tons of college basketball guys like that. And then I see the NBA guys come in during March to take away the college basketball shine, and then, you know, there's NFL. Like, it happens in every sport. But for hockey, and I, I mentioned Jamie Eisner earlier, he just said, like, it's just such, everybody's really small-minded when it comes to the sport, and that's why it doesn't really grow. And everything's just very 
just small. Like everything's just so small. I think that's that's part of it with those please like my sport guys. Instead of like trying to alienate other people, it should be like, hey, look at our sport. It is awesome. Because it is awesome. Like have, I've seen a live hockey game. It's outside of being like um courtside for a basketball game, like a high level basketball game, it is easily my favorite sporting event to go to live. Like it surpasses sure. football by a thousand miles. Um now courtside at a like a high level basketball game is pretty insane to see guys jump out of the gym. Like, you can't appreciate that sitting, like, up in the nose, please. But if you're near courtside, it's pretty amazing. And that's my... Yeah, I agree that, with that. That's, that's my, hockey, my hockey hot takes. There you go. Please don't come in our mentions if you are like my sport guy, because I don't want anything to do with and it. And we do I don't like want your sport. Conversations. Yeah, we just, we I mean, just don't I like know anybody. It, <laughs> I like it, but I make fun of you guys for being those guys, so I could don't want to have that could conversation. Could you name a fourth NHL player? I can name probably at least 10 NHL Seriously? Players. I can't. I really I can't. So. I would think so. I can name a couple of Islanders. I mean, you got got uh, John Tavares. you got Kyle Oposo, uh Some Rangers. I mean, you have Henrik Lundqvist. That's three guys outside of the guys. Well, who's mentioned. a super old hockey player? Does Mario Lemieux still play? Yarmer. Yarmer. No, Yager. Mario does not play. Yarmer. Yager. Yeah. Hockey. That's it. That's right. the one. Yeah. All he's, right. That, that's our hockey He's play. 97 Joe. years old, correct? He's up there, man. I cannot believe this dude is still playing. But look, if you do watch hockey, I need you to fire these tweets out. I need you to comment on the play and be, you know, analyze it. I need you to be like, you know, right wing number 17 uh, looks a little slow today. Or, you know, this, this guy's super skilled. He must have the, the hardest slap shot in hockey. I need the takes if you're going to do this, Joe. Oh, me? Well, I, yeah, I, I, mean, I wouldn't even know what I'm commenting on. So, like, when you go to a live hockey game, the best part's all the stuff happen away from the puck. And uh, we have the AAA, we have the Scranton Wolves for Penguins here. And, uh, like, I've gone to a couple games, and the best part has been always the puck away, or the action away from the puck. But I don't know what any of it means. Like, I don't know if they're setting up any kind of alignment. I just like watching guys smash into each other. That's why you have to tweet it out. That's why you have to be like, oh, icing again, these guys stink. You know what I mean? Like, you just got to use your NHL 94 video game knowledge. Ooh, that's such a good game, though. It really is. Fire these tweets out. So good. Such a good PK game. Surat right, on well, fire. Look at that assist. I don't know how, like, you could get an assist in hockey, right? Like, five passes removed. Isn't that two? Is it two? That's why they call, like, in basketball, if there's, you know, a setup pass to a setup pass, it's called a hockey assist. Yeah. You're a hockey assist. Yeah. Hey, sometimes <laughs> I am. All right. So, <laughs> I don't think either of us expected to do ten minutes on hockey talk, but here we are. We actually wanted to do something a little fun today with our show, considering there were, you know zero relative sports for us to talk about this week, or relevant, rather, for us. We wanted to talk about Memorial Day and give you guys a Memorial Day fun guide in which we rank foods, drinks, games, and really start our conversation off with an important question. Joe, when you go outside, fire up a grill, have a couple of Steve Weisers, and enjoy yourself for a day, are you having a barbecue or are you having a cookout? Oh, man. So this is a polarizing topic on the Meat Streets of Twitter. I think... Now, I have a cookout... But that's because we're doing hot dogs and hamburgers. I do think there are people on Memorial Day or Fourth of July or whatever other days you go outside to have uh, festivities. There are barbecues, but to have a barbecue, you need chicken. You need other um, what's the word? Poultry. Whatever the word I'm looking for. Uh, other delicacies. <laughs> you need duck as well. Well, you uh-huh. need uh, you need other delicacies. It can't just be hot dogs and hamburgers because that's not a barbecue. That's a cookout. That's not a barbecue. Interesting. But if you get like, so. What- if you get chicken, no, tell me where the line. Is. Yeah, tell me where the line is drawn. Chicken, chicken. If you had chicken, you, had chicken you're, you're, you have yourself a barbecue. 
Now, so then, if it's you, not, it's not a matter of preference in words. It's not a tomato tomato. It's a one is one thing and the other is something else. Correct. Now they both involve friends and family and drinks and games and fun, but it's the food. And I think if you're going, like my neighbors had a cookout. I had a cookout. Now, if one of them had a barbecue, if one of them was making chicken, another of those other fine delicacies that I can't think of that escaped me. Um, and I called it a cookout, I'd probably be uninvited from their barbecue because they're like, hey, no, this is a barbecue. We're having actual other foods than just your crappy hamburgers and hot dogs. Wow, shade, man. That's shade. I just, to me, I don't understand the difference. Like, I was, I was agreeing with where you were going in, you know, differentiating between the two because you're right. When I think cookout, I tend to think of, you know, lower scale hamburgers, hot dogs. And when I think of a barbecue, you know, I think more like, yeah, we cooked ribs on this thing. Yeah, for like yeah, four that's hours. one of those foods that escaped me. I'm I'm really excited, Joe, that I asked you if we could talk about barbecuing for a half hour today, and you can't name food beyond hamburgers and hot dogs. This pig? is going to be a did real exciting. Have, show. Did, you, did you ever have pig? I mean, like an actual pig, or like yeah, barbecue pig. pig. Yeah, I've been at a pig roast. Yeah, so have I. We used to have a, a pig roast thing. It wasn't on Memorial Day, but we used to have this pig roast thing at like my grandmother's sister's place, and. uh I never ate the pig because I was too afraid, but that would be considered a barbecue, I imagine. But although it's literally called the pig roast. Interesting. So now I know you were saying that Twitter was arguing over this yesterday. What was the main argument? Uh, most most of the people, at least in my timeline, was saying that everything on Memorial Day is a cookout. Don't call it a barbecue, it's a cookout, it's a cookout. Then I had like a couple of French people come in and be like, hey, call me the cookout, it's a good way to get yourself uninvited from the barbecue. And in my head, wow. I'm... Th- then, like, I started, you know, like, I was soaking in all this information, trying to make my own opinion. And I didn't let Twitter know because I wanted to save it for a podcast. But um, I just thought, like, the, the line is really just the food. Like, I think everything else is roughly the same. Like, the atmosphere is the same. The kinds of people there are right, the like same. You're not going to stop yourself. You're not going to be like, we should play this game, but we can't because we're having a cookout and that's a game for a barbecue. <laughs> right. You're not going to be like, hey, let's play uh, Can Jam. Can't do it. It's a barbecue. That's for those lazy cookout people. Yeah. Wow. I, I, you know, I really didn't see the difference between the two. I kind of, like I said, thought it was more of a tomato-tomato type of thing, and it was really about your preference of the way you want to, you know, what words you want to use. I don't ever refer to it as a cookout, and most of the time I'm really not going too deep beyond, like, hamburgers and hot dogs. Like, I mean... I think sausage is a pretty regular thing to throw on the grill. Like a London broil would be pretty regular to throw on the grill. Chicken, of course. You know, I call all that barbecue, but it sounds to me like like I've been having a cookout and faking the funk all these. Well, days. you just you just said you put chicken on there. You probably put steak on there. That's a barbecue. That is a barbecue. But like, so like I I was saying before, I really feel like barbecue is kind of the way people are separating the two. Barbecue is really reserved for something more special than. I put chicken cutlets in a Ziploc bag and poured barbecue sauce in it for 20 minutes and then threw it on the grill. I feel like it's more like, you know, we made these incredible steaks and then we made like macaroni and cheese in the kitchen and I brought it out. Like we're having a real barbecue, whereas cookout's just kind of like a lazy effort. That's how the differentiation like kind of feels to me. And I don't like it. I'm going to be honest. I don't like it. I think it should be just alternate words. So you think like, you call an autumn. So you think what people are doing now is they're separate, they're making cookouts the lazy version of outside festivities, and barbecue a barbecue is the elitist version of outside festivities. Yes. 
And you just one hundred percent. And you just want them to be cinnamons. Yeah, yeah cinnamons. You just, <laughs> they could be that as well. You just want them to be the same. Accurate, very accurate, Joe. I just want them to be I the think, same. I Give think, them the I, same love. I, no, I think there needs to be a different because there is different. Like now, my neighbors and I, when we have get-togethers, we don't call them anything. We just call them festivities. Um, Interesting. Because I, I feel like that's used to like I didn't stuff doing. I, I didn't know there was this undercurrent of hatred between cookout and barbecue people. I was unaware of it until yesterday. Interesting. Well, you know, I should have thought to do this before, but I'm just getting around to doing it now. Let's define these words, Joe. Ooh. So, Are you on the Google? The definition. Google. All right, here we go. So, so they're the same. I got them, Joe. So okay. a barbecue. You ready for it? Yeah. A barbecue. I have to scroll down. Is a framework as a grill or a spit or a fireplace for cooking meat or vegetables over an open fire. Or it's a meal usually in the open air and often as a political or social gathering at which meats are roasted over an open hearth or pit. Whereas a cookout is a meal is cooked and served in the open. I mean, that's the same thing. I don't know if the barbecue got far more defined things. The cookout definition is a party or gathering where a meal is cooked and eaten outdoors. You gave like a 37,000 word definition of barbecue. It makes me feel like barbecue is the elitist version of the outside festivity. That's a fair assumption to arrive at. That's fine. I don't know that I want to embrace it, but that's okay. Joe, we just did important work kind of defining these words for people. This is true. Do you think, I feel good about it. Do you think hockey people are mad that we followed up PK Subban with uh, barbecue versus uh, whatever the other was? <laughs> Cook I think if we would have kept... I think if we would have kept going on about hockey, they would have been more upset with what we would have said about that than about this. So, a one time, uh, like I said, in the five hole. That's how the talk terminology is. <laughs> like I said, don't at me, hockey guy. I really, I really don't want it. I won't even respond to you. But uh, Joe, let's let's continue with our outdoor open air food conversation. <laughs> Just how festivities, con- festivities. I feel like that's a George Cassini thing. Like to avoid all conflict, he wouldn't just create his own. It's called festivities. Yeah, it's outdoor outdoor open fire festivity, I guess, something yeah. like that. All right, Joe, so now that we have tried to define what a barbecue or a cookout is and realize they're the same thing except one is for snobs and the other is for <laughs> people that You're every you know, day, don't man. matter. You're blue-collar, right. working-class fella. Let's talk about what you do at these barbecues when you're not eating. And let's talk about the backyard games, Joe, because I'm all about them. And I think that the the way we start this conversation is kind of by ranking them. So, Joe, what's the worst backyard game? Anything that involves me to move too much, because I don't want to sweat and get, like, gross, like, early in an in outside festivity. I refuse to call one of the other two now, because I'm afraid I'm going to alienate <laughs> some of our listeners. Um, so, like, like can jam is fun, but, like, I only want to play that at the end of the night, like, when it's almost time to go in, because, man, like, you could, get, you could run around in that game, and you could be knocking stuff over, you could be falling over. Um, so that's really, really low on my list. Another one that's really low on my list, and I know this will be hot, but horseshoes. He's listen, man, nobody likes playing horseshoes with horseshoe guy. This horseshoe guy is super annoying. Look how great I met at horseshoes. Nobody cares. It's not a life skill. It, it's heavy, too. It's heavy to throw a horseshoe like that. You know what I mean? Like, you need practice. Horseshoe, I feel like, just isn't a game you could come out cold and be like, all right, let's do some of this and just be good at it. It's mm-hmm. a tough game, I feel like. And I agree with your can jam point. I'm usually... I'm not really into anything that involves a frisbee ever, but I, I think can jam is a really cool concept. It's just it's also a little uh, it's a little hippie for me. You it's know too much mean? work, yeah. It is along the same level, and I feel like this is going to be the bad take. 
I feel like wiffle ball is too much. It's too much moving around. It's just it's too much for a backyard game. I don't want to play wiffle ball outside. Oh, wiffle ball is not played I mean, I wanna, at our parties ever. Is that like a you know a safety issue, or is that just a you it's have just, a bunch of girls and they're not they're not into playing wiffle ball with you? And I don't mean that as a sexist comment, Joe. Your children are five and eight, so I wouldn't <laughs> imagine they're into wiffle ball yet. Well, they're five and nine. No, um, so uh, no, it's Please, just some- you just said five and eight. Three days ago on the maybe, podcast, maybe you just wanna, said that they were five and eight. That is the only way I know how old they are. And you're going to well actually. Oh, how did, I, 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 maybe I was wrong the other day because I believe my oldest is nine. Now I'm really confused. I don't know the my age is my own matters. Um, no, get, it's her just, the, get her on the podcast. That they are home from school today. The only re- I just it just never happened. It's just never been one of those things where the games that are played have been wiffle ball. Now they play kickball. We have a pretty good sized yard, so they'll play kickball. Um, especially if like the other neighborhood kids come over. Can I go on the mini rant about neighborhood kids, by the way? I think you should. I think this is the appropriate time to do that. All right, so I can't use the names of the innocent here. Or they're not innocent. I can't use the names because they're minors. But there's two kids in my neighborhood that just keep showing up at my house. And I just want to be like, leave. Like, you don't live here. Stop coming. And uh, they just look oh, at you me. Got a Kimmy, you got a Kimmy Gibbler on your hands? Basically. But two of them. They're sisters. And, Are they uh, friends with your daughters, at least? Kind of, sort of. Friendly. They're, they're nice. I don't mind when they play outside together and stuff, because they're they're roughly in the same age bracket. But, like, man, I work from home. I can't have people just popping in the house all the time. It's very, very uncomfortable. And I can't be, like, trying to look dapper all the day. I'm, I'm walking around in my boxers most of the time. The people don't need to see this. Definitely not. Especially not these little girls. Have you had any conversation with their parents? No. They literally live right next door. I don't know what to say. I don't want to get awkward. I don't want to come off as, like, that mean guy. But, like, we need boundaries is basically what I'm saying. Maybe <laughs> it I sounds feel, like maybe uh, you're feel, alienating them. It, well, listen, it can't be, like, if it's once in a while, it's fine. It can't be every single day, multiple times a day. I legit have a boner from Growing Pains, uh, Steve Urkel from Family Matters, a Kimmy Gibbler from Full House Situation going on. I'm TGIF. I think you should have rearranged the names that you just mentioned in the order that you mentioned them because I didn't know how you were starting that conversation <laughs> off, and I got pretty concerned <laughs> with you telling me what you had going on. <laughs> but uh, Growing Pains, Growing Pains was a great show. Those two things aren't related the way you would think they are if you've never seen the show Growing Pains. <laughs> Boner, Boner's dead in real life. Did you know that? I did not know that. That's sad. I mean, he's. I don't. I don't care. I don't. I don't wish to discuss this person. Nor hot his take. Name I like the forward. Kurt Cameron left behind those movies. Is that wow, hot? that is a hot take. Yeah, I think they're pretty good. Louis Gossett Jr. is the third one. Louis Gossett Jr. is a treasure. All right, before we get back on the <laughs> on the rails here, I want every I want your neighbors, Joe. I want you guys to be on notice. You can't just be showing up at Joe's house during the day because he wears boxers and growing and boner from growing pains might show up or something <laughs> like that. I, I, now that I think about it, yeah, I should have started with Kimmy Gibbler or Earth, well, not started with Bone and Rooney Bates, but uh, I don't think they listen to the podcast. They feel pretty comfortable in them failing to listen to the Relatively Speaking podcast. Well, we're going to have to see. We're going to have to see if the girls start showing up more or less, and uh, either way, I think that you should take it as a sign that they do listen to the podcast, because everybody listens to the podcast. That's, That's just a rule. Joe, <laughs> let, let's get back on track. Let's get back, I'm back on, the on track. This whole show's point was not to be on track. 
what are the good backyard games? For me, I think I put Cornhole at the top. I think Cornhole is the best backyard game, which, if you don't know what Cornhole is, it's when you throw beanbags into a wooden board that has a hole in it. Yeah, I have Cornhole 1. I think it's an easy one. Um, really? I thought I, w- I thought I was going to get pushback on that. No, I love Cornhole. I think that's our go-to game in our neighborhood. My When I go to my friend's Cornhole, it seems to be the go-to game. Um I, I have the only qualms I have, and it's not the game I have qualms with. The only qualms I have with cornhole is when people's grass aren't cut properly. Like, if you're throwing a party, not only cut your grass within two days of the party, but bag your grass. Because there's nothing there's nothing worse than playing a game of cornhole, and you pick up the bag because somebody shot up poorly, and there's grass all over the bag, or you're getting grass all over your shoes. If you're going to hold the party... Dog poop, too. Clean up your, clean oh, up your dog yeah. poop. It, it, it infuriates me. I... Listen, every time I have a shindig at my place, I make sure within two days of the party, the grass is cut, it's also bagged, it's weed whacked, everything's neat, everything's trimmed and proper. Um, I don't want anybody to feel uncomfortable. I also, before people come here, I'll, I'll start a fire in my yard before people get here to smoke out all the bugs, and then I'll put out the fire, and then we'll restart it later during the night if the festivities go on longer. So do that as well to, to prevent bugs from attacking your, your guests. And also offer bug spray. I do that as well. I have bug spray outside for my guests. I'm very hot. I'm good. Host, I'm a good host. I think I am. Very considerate. Very, very considerate. All right. So I think that we could agree about cornhole being the best game. We discussed the best. We discussed the worst. I don't know that we need to discuss what's in the middle. Also, is there anything in the middle? There's only like three games. There's there's cornhole. There's okay. I like pocket, but the problem is like you need a regulation court. That's not called a court. What do you need a regulation thing? And they're really long, and then pe- most people never play it, so they don't know the rules, and then it becomes explaining the rules, and you need more, like, you need a bunch of teams to really have fun with that, to have, like, a tournament, so you need a really big party, and I don't like having super big parties. All right, so I guess the closing take is backyard games are bad. I feel like that's in the, that's a barbecue game, because that, that like, bocce ball's an elitist game. <laughs> you have to wear a salmon shorts and a polo shirt while you play it, I think. I think well, those are the rules. I wonder... I mean, so where I live, right, like, bocce ball, like, there's a town called El Forge, my hometown. That's really how the Italian people live, right? And I and I felt like it was always a big Italian game. But then, like, as I learned, hear more people talk about it, it just feels like a Northeast game. Like, I wonder if they play bocce ball in the Midwest. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I wonder, too. I would imagine it has a lot to do with your land, and if your land is flat. Yeah, you do you need really flat land. that on a hill. Well, there's a restaurant in El Forge that literally has, once a year, they have a bocce ball tournament. And they... Like and they only now they only have this once a year. They literally built an addition to their place for this once a year bocce ball tournament. Wow, that yeah, sounds, so, that sounds elite. They must they must have a lot of barbecues at that place. Um, no, but that they're like people come from all over. It's called their, the restaurant's called the Carols and Janelles, and they have like a canopy, like a, a like an actual roof built over where the bocce ball tournament's held. Like it's open, like it's an open area, so like you're still outside, but like so they can still have it in case it's raining and stuff. It's, uh, like, if you try shout to... Go, out. Shout out to them. Yeah, if you try to go to, through Main Street in El Forge and the Carol and Janelle's basketball tournament is happening, you are not going anywhere. Yeah, everybody. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. All right, Joe, our next topic of conversation, the beverage of the day. When you are having outdoor festivities over open pit and eating outside, <laughs> what is your go-to beer, Joe? What is the beer of choice? Okay, for years, it was Miller Lite. And then we went through a phase of, 
you know, you want to try all the fancy like IPAs or whatever fancy drinks that you find at the store. So it'd be whatever was the cool and hip thing to drink. Then it became my neighbor and I, Adam, decided because a lot of times we'd have these open outside festivities, whatever, and we just like you know the more you drink, the more random people you invite over. And we're like, hey, these things are costing us a lot of money because we keep giving our beer to people we really don't know. We just happen to be a little tipsy and seeing them on the street. Like, come over! So we started buying extra gold. I don't know if you're familiar with what extra gold is, but it's $13 for a 30 pack. Wow, so that's that's then within the Natties and the Keystones. Oh, yeah. it's, it's in It's in the family. Yes, it's actually made by Coors Light now, um, and it tastes just like Coors Light, even though it's marketed as uh, a lager. Um, but it's not gross. Um, it shouldn't be your very first beer of the day. Like, if there is a Miller Lite or a Bud Light lime or uh, a preferred drink of choice there, you should have one or two of those first, then move to the extra gold. But there's when you when you reach that point where you're losing taste in your mouth as is, the extra gold does its job. So then it's a consensus that light beer is the way to go for a outdoor festivity. I think so, because you don't want to get like that heavy feeling in your stomach, and uh, chances are you're going to sweat a lot of this out anyway. Um, so I think light beer is the way to go, um, because you want to leave room in your stomach to eat um, the quality food that's also being made. It also probably depends how heavy a drinker you are. Like, if you're a drunkard, it's not going to matter. But if you're uh, if you're there to have casual fun, maybe get drunk as, like, as it, the day becomes night, a light beer is the way to go because you'll be better able to handle yourself, in my opinion. Well said. Good advice, guys. I hope that people have a pen head and they're taking notes here. I think that was pretty solid. I, I agree with you. I like to drink, like, the light beers. I mean, I think it depends what kind of day I have in store. Like, if I have a rager in front of me and we're really just, you know, going to be outside from, I don't know, noon until midnight or so, I'm probably going to want to go with the light beers all day. And for me, I really like Keystone Light, man. I don't Ooh. actually, that's stupid. I shouldn't say I like it. I don't take a sip and say, oh, that's delicious. Because <laughs> I don't think Keystone any, Light. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't think any light beer in that family is. And I'm actually becoming a little bit of a beer snob. I mean, I'm not like... Oh, craft beer or bust, but I do enjoy me like you know a nice a nice craft. I've, I've been enjoying some Sierra Nevadas lately. I'm going for more mainstream names. Some Sierra Nevadas. We've been drinking some uh, some Oma Gangs. We've been drinking uh, what else have we been drinking? I don't know some Long Trails. Some Land really Enjoying all that stuff. Land Shark is not an IPA. Or I know, a fancy but, beer. I, but but Land Shark is good for outside. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up. Land Shark and Shock Top. I mean, I think those are a little more palatable than a Blue Moon if you're going for like a wheat beer on a day like that. Do enjoy me wheat beers when we're outside doing that stuff. I could also do like Coronas all day. I don't really get full on Coronas. You see, I have a, like for maybe two summers ago, it was Land Shark, Corona, and Miller High Life for our it all had to be bottles, right? And that was our thing for a while. Like, land sharks here are expensive. That's why, like you said, Keystone, like, it's, Keystone Light's affordable. So, especially when you're at a gathering with, like, when you're sharing your drinks. Um, right. Because you can't, like, just bring your own drinks and not offer it to anybody. Like, either when you're hosting the party and you're supposed to supply the beer, or when you're a guest, you're also bringing beer to the party. So, like, you have to share whatever you bring. So, like, you're not going to buy, like, a $60 case of beer. Like, it's just not yeah. not reasonable. So, like, I go extra gold, you go Keystone Light, because, one, there's nothing wrong with either of those beers. They don't taste gross. It's not like we're bringing uh, Red Dog or Mad Dog, whatever that beer they, I don't oh think they make God. anymore is. Um, 
to the to this table where we're just bringing very watered down versions of beer, but they get the job done. They taste fine. Nobody's gonna ever look at a bottle of Keystone Light or a can of Keystone Light and go, "Gross." Oh, no, they, they might think that. Uh, they might they think that, but way. they'll still drink it because they know it's safe and they know it's just water. <laughs> I've never had a beer that I couldn't get through in my life. Like, I've drank beers and be like, this isn't good, but I guess I'll finish it. Red Dog is the one beer in my life that I have opened up a can, taken some sips, and been like, tonight's not the night, buddy. I'm just not going to do this. Red, don't do Red Dog. I don't even know if it exists. I, I don't think it, it does. Anymore, so. I think that's the it's first the- beer I ever had when I was in high school, and somebody, one of my friends got it, and because it was so cheap. And I don't know how we got it, but uh, I remember going, I'll never drink beer. This is really gross. And then, like, a couple weeks later, we had a normal beer. I can't tell you what kind. And I was like, oh, this beer is not that Red Dog, Mad Dog stuff, whatever that's like. It's what do you think is, well, before I ask you that question, speaking of the light beers, my sister-in-law loves to have Michelob Ultra at her house, and drinking that is just like, I get more drunk drinking like orange juice without anything in it. I can't do it. No Michelob Ultra. No Michelob Ultra. My, I don't my care. Old, there's this thing Michelob Ultra, too. I don't understand it. Because it's got like six calories in it, but it also has like, again, less alcohol than, you know, I don't know, than a moisturizing wipe or something like that. Like, there's nothing in it. It's terrible. So then, Joe, what what are the beers that we should not be drinking at barbecues? What is the number one beer if somebody handed to you, I'm sorry, at an outdoor festivity that you would say, <laughs> no, not this? Um, a Budweiser would be one of them. Um, I, I would say almost any beer that I feel is either heavy or, like, listen, there, there's just beers that feel summery, right? We talked about Landshark Corona before, Shark Top. Um, all the super light beers... Keystone Light, Miller Light, Coors Light. Those are all game. I feel like when you start going to Budweiser, if you start going to a lot of craft beers that are that are heavy, um, if I had to pick one, though, like I think Bud, like I'm not a Bud Light Lime guy, but I think that's fair game for an outside festivity. Uh, I'm trying sure. to I'm trying to think of a great example. Like I think lager, if it's really hot outside, any kind of like actual lager, like a Yingling. <clears throat> there's no reason to drink a Yingling in like 95 degrees. Interesting. I actually was going to list Yingling as one of the beers I do enjoy during uh, outdoor festivity season. But I'm not a huge I'm not a huge lager guy, so that's probably me speaking on personal preference. Well, I'm not asking you to speak for the people, Joe. I mean, we're trying to give them good advice, but we can only speak to our own. Well, what's the one? What's the one you you most think is not ideal for an outside festivity? As we continue to avoid the cookout <laughs> barbecue phrase. <laughs> I just don't. I don't know the difference, and I don't want to sound bougie. And I want, you know, I'm trying to be, trying to be cool. If somebody brings a Guinness to a barbecue, Ooh. I'm kind of just running away because that I like never enjoy Guinness. Maybe it's just me. It's just too milkshakey for me. It's got too much going on. I want my beer to taste like a beer. And I mean, stouts are like cool. It's a cool concept. Maybe I'll drink one if I'm out or something. But not if I have a day of drinking in, in front of me. I can't do it. Would you drink a Bush beer? Yeah, like, are we talking, like, actual, like, Bush, or are we talking, like, any of the Budweiser beers? No, I'm talking, like, Bush, the actual Bush. Like, yeah, I would Bush. Bush Light. <laughs> yeah, 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 I've had them, I've had them. Yeah, I've I don't think they're horrible. Day. I think it's what kills Bush is the name Bush. I think so, too, but it's got the CH in it. It's not, you know, just like a, you know, like a Bush outside. <laughs> Bush. Right. I, I love those commercials. I, I have never seen them, so I don't know what you're talking about. But oh, I, I I'm making like a reference that may be only local to me. 
feasible. It's highly feasible. I'm saying, though, once I put out there that, like, I prefer Keystone Light as my light beer of choice, I think, you you know, you don't have to make uh, any assumptions about what I would or wouldn't, and I'm pretty open-minded about terrible light beer. Like, we'll drink Natty Lights if we have to. Uh, I mean, I don't even know what's on the level with those What, what are your thoughts on uh, Twisted Tea Hard Lemonade, pro or con? And it's funny you said it, because over the last fall... Uh, I had some friends who got really into ciders, and I'm just like, how do you guys drink this stuff? But, and then, then you you know, you drink six or so, and you're like, all right, these aren't so bad. You just, your stomach gets kind of full, and it's sugary, and it hurts a little bit. And I feel the same way about, like, the teas and the mics. I mean, like, I thought they were cool before I enjoyed the taste of alcohol, but uh, I just, uh, not not for me. I dig it if you're into it. Actually, my... My buddy, I'm still upstate with my friends. My buddy Jordan is very into the Twisted Teas, and we kind of all laughed at him about it, but uh, apparently they're not that bad. They make peach tea, so Ooh. I can't hate on anything that's peach-flavored. I could have, like, a cider. Um, I like them. The problem is I can only have one. Like, it's just like, if I'm getting done with yard work, and I'm going to sit outside for a minute and appreciate all the greatness I just accomplished, that's a time for a cider. Like, it's never like a beer you drink in mass. In my opinion, right, um, right, also, like all right, we're, we're playing, we're playing kings. Bring out the twisted teas for <laughs> yeah, everybody, right? Exactly. So, like, it's like one of the. I feel like they're victory drinks, or like, but it's like one. It's like a celebration drink. Like, you don't buy a case of them; you buy a six pack, and that six pack lasts you like two months. Smart, Joe. I like that. All right, let's let's pivot. Let's move from beverage to food. Joe, what is the best food that you could throw on a barbecue grill? Okay, so this, this is going to get us back to the barbecue cookout uh, situation. Um, it depends on the kind of festivity you're having. Um, for us, because we have kids, and most of the people we have come over, we try to keep it simple. So it's usually hot dogs and hamburgers. So I And I think the issue with uh, ha- grilling a hamburger is that takes more effort. You have to pay attention. You have to make sure it's properly cooked. Some people want them medium well. Some people want them well done. Some people want them bloody. Um, then if you go into steaks, you're going to a whole different realm of, of work. So I think hot dogs is actually the best because it's just easy. It's a good take, man. That's a good take. I mean, I think that part of the reason that we grill, and look, some people are like real chefs with it and really care about making these ridiculous meals, <laughs> and some people are more enamored with the idea of it, the concept of we're eating outside, we threw this over a fire, we didn't have to prep it. I could just throw a piece of meat on the fire, and now we have something to eat. I think hot dogs definitely fits into that. Um, I know, again, to, to bring up the Dan Levitard show, he had Vince Wilfork on. I don't remember if it was this past week or the week before. And Vince Wilfork is apparently trying to make ribs the official food of barbecue, like the number one barbecue food. He thinks that that is like the top dog, that that is the goat of foods that you can cook outside. What are your thoughts on ribs, Joe? Okay, I like ribs a ton. I don't like making them on the, like, you know, they, work. I mean. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, like I, I think I'm coming from a different place than a lot of other people because they have kids and a lot of the pe- people that come over have kids. So like I'm feeding a lot of people who are, when they, by the time they get there, they're already like the kids are going to have fun regardless. Like I could put just corn on the grill. You know what I'm saying? And they're like, Hey, corn, blah. But like the adults are just tired. They're, they're just there basically to drink. And then complain about their kids to the other parents. So they're not going to appreciate any of the good food. So I think the hot dog is quick. It's safe. It's everybody likes hot dogs. I like now. I, I I don't go above and beyond. Like I don't offer a ton of like. 
there's no relish. There's no random extra. There's no. Sometimes there'll be like there'll be like chili, but like generally it's like a hot dog and then there's ketchup and mustard on the side and let's get after it. Um, if my father-in-law comes over, he'll do hamburgers. I refuse to do them myself uh, because I don't want to spend my cookout at the grill out there. Hot dogs literally take like five minutes, and you can make like ninety-five of them at a time. What if you're going to somebody else's house and they're oh, like, then they can have, make oh, they can make everything. Then I don't care. But if like we have blank, if we have blank today, what is a blank that you get the most excited to hear? It's actually a hamburger. I love hamburgers. It depends on the meat and who's cooking. My friend Justin, I didn't go to his his uh, festival yesterday, his festivity. But <laughs> I use on Memorial Day. I I historically gone to my friend Justin's. He is a tremendous griller. Tremendous. And uh, he does a bunch of stuff. Like he, I can't even tell you everything he does. But there's like 95,000 things. But his hamburgers are to die for. They're, they are tremendous. And then they, they offer lettuce and tomatoes. And if you like onions, there's onions there. There's pickles. There's everything. It's, you're getting like a group, like a $50 hamburger. Not a, but you know what I mean? Like a grade A, <laughs> a really good hamburger that you would pay like a lot of money for at like Longhorn Steakhouse. But he makes it there at his house. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Now you keep saying hamburger. Does this mean you don't put cheese on it? And if you do put cheese, is there anything but American? Um, I do put. I'm generally a cheeseburger guy. Like historically speaking, if we're going traditional, I prefer junior bacon cheeseburgers. Like I, if I'm putting bacon on my cheeseburger, the bacon, the cheeseburger has to be tiny and smaller. But at cookouts, most people don't put the bacon on because I understand that's a whole different can of worms to open. So yeah, cheese is always on. It's only American. Especially on Memorial Fair Day. Enough. I mean, like, I can't put on Swiss cheese on Memorial Day. Great answer. Could do, not agree with you do more. Do you think anybody's going to get that joke, or should I keep hammering at home? Keep going, buddy. No, I can't. Keep going. <laughs> That's it. Um, what was I going to say? Sides. Do you do any sides with your burgers and dogs? I'm not a sides guy, so I don't really have an area to chime in here. But, I mean, like, is there a goat side? Is, is potato salad the best? Okay, I'm not a potato salad. I'm a pasta salad guy. Um, there he is. Yeah, I'm pasta salad guy. Uh, pasta salad has to be made a certain way. I only want black and green olives in it, cheese, pepperoni, no broccoli, um, no carrots, none of that other garbage. Nothing healthy. I just want all the unhealthy stuff. <laughs> and uh, pasta salad. And now, is it a mayonnaise base, or do you do more of like the Italian dressing? Italian dressing. Um, that's Delicious. that's key. But sides for a hand, but I don't. I generally don't mix that. Like I'll have them separate. Like I'll have a, a cheeseburger, then I'll go get pasta salad to go with the cheeseburger. I'll probably just have actually have potato chips. Um, because I feel like like a lot of the sides aren't really like pasta salad's a side, but like you can actually eat that as like a, a course. So I try to I try to course everything on that barbecue. So like I'll start with something heavier like a cheeseburger with a side of, of I guess chips. And then my ne- when I return, instead of getting another cheeseburger, I'll get, like, a bowl of pasta salad. Makes sense. Yeah, I typically save, like, the corn for last. Like, have some meat, then have some corn, and then chill out for a bit. Yeah, that's about right. And because you're going to revisit some of, like, <clears throat> like, cheeseburgers, hot dogs. A lot of those foods will still be there later in the night after you've had a couple of your preferred beverages. And your taste buds are less picky. And, uh... Like you don't want to be fooling around with like noodles, like like slippery noodles when you're when you're half in the bag. So like something a solid food like a hamburger or hot dog is is usually your best bet after like eight p.m. Are there any foods, Joe, that should not be put on a grill? What do you mean in like general? Like you shouldn't put your lettuce yeah. on a grill. 
I mean, like or your cereal. Stuff that, try, <laughs> stuff that people try to grill, Joe. Are you like against you know like chicken on a grill? Are no. you against anything, or is it all fair game? People I, make pizza on the grill, Joe. I mean, how do you I was feel unaware. About that? I, well, I was unaware of, of, the, of this wild and crazy world. But listen, if you can do it and it pulls out and pull it off, and people like it, that's fine. I haven't been around any of these crazy people you speak of. I I feel like you're currently speaking fiction. This might be a Dan Brown novel you're pulling these things out of. I'm not I'm not 100 percent aware. But uh, my brother's wife recently, and it was out of control. Good so was it really? Good. You know, it's like it's right temperature to cook the crust and like get it nice and crispy. And if it's thin too, tremendous. Definitely good. Well, the weird thing about a grill, right? Like the the, the evil thing. Like nobody really wants to talk about it. Like it's almost basically just an open face stove. Totally. Do you know what I mean? Like like we like we glorify this grill into this great device where you become a man by grilling and you're because all like you get the neat grill marks on your chicken or on your hamburgers or your hot dogs. It's like and a, it's, it's like a stove and an oven combined. Yeah. So like, but it's not like this kind of like super like it's it's pretty primitive technology. They're all based around the same thing fire, cooking food. So, uh, yeah, like if you could figure out a way to do pizza or or any other kind of hot foods on your grill, good for you. Um, my fear would just be some of the stuff being overcooked and then dripping into the grill underneath, and then you have that smell all day, and then you have to clean off the grill. But if it's not my grill, you can have at it do whatever you want. Well said, Joe. I think this is our last question, and it's an important one. Is there any dessert that you could put on the grill besides s'mores? Nope. Not even going to try it. Um, I'm, I mean, I, agree. I, I don't have any in mind, so I, I desserts are a funny thing. Most of the time, desserts at a uh, festivity is, uh, in mine, in, at least around my area, they tend to be of the colder or room temperature variety. They're pies, they're, um, and like, you're not going to reheat an apple pie on a stove, you'd have to be, in it, or a grill, you'd have to be a special kind of special. Um, but they're, they're mostly pies and stuff like that, but like the s'more, obviously, yeah. Although, but here's the thing, why I have my cookout, by the time we get to the, um, the festivity, by the time we get to the dessert part of the program, we have the fire pit going, so that's where you're making your s'mores. Right, yeah, totally. I mean, that's, that's, you know, it doesn't necessarily need to be on the grill, but part of the, the outdoor festivity experience, for sure, and it's, it's a unique one. The only other thing I would say, and this is kind of more of on the grill, pineapple on the grill is so underrated. It is tremendous. I encourage you to try it if you've never done it before. I promise it's not slander. It's not anywhere near pineapple on pizza. It's really good. Try it if you haven't. I'll take your word for it. I'm, not, I'm just not a, like I'm not against pineapple on pizza. I just don't like pineapple, so I don't really have any pineapple takes. If you like pineapple and it makes you happy, yeah. then I'm happy for you. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. I really wanted to hear that, and I think that's kind of a great way to end the show that we put together today. So, what a weird show! show. I hope <laughs> we talked about hockey and barbecuing, or I mean, cookouting, or I mean, <laughs> having outdoor festivities. festivities. What's so weird about that? I don't um, know how I'm going to write the description of this. <laughs> are you having any festivities today yourself? No, no. Uh, we had festivities Saturday, festivities yesterday. Well, I didn't have festivities yesterday because I had to work till six. And then uh, today, um, no, I have work, and then uh, by the time I'm done with work, it'll almost be bedtime. What about you? What do you? I know you are. You uh, have a nice work with that idea. Yeah, we we did all of our festivities these last few days, and I think uh, I think this today is a travel day, so I will be on the road for hopefully 
only four to five hours and not six to seven hours. But either way, I got to get going on that road. Joe, it was a good time. Listeners, thank you for dealing with us in case we sounded weird these last few days. I said that on Friday. I'm recording outside because I have a house full of sleeping people. Well, there's birds and, in the uh, background yeah. of today's show, and I actually liked it. It was very common. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's it's a nice setting. This is definitely a lot nicer to record looking out at than uh, looking down from my giant apartment building back in the city. But life goes on. Again, thank you guys so much for listening. We hope everybody has a great Memorial Day. Heed our advice. Don't play games that make you sweaty. Don't drink beers that make you cold. <laughs> and figure out what you're going to call your outdoor festivity without being annoying about it. I think we don't drink beers on Twitter at J. <laughs> We're going to call it festivity. Yeah, I'm a barbecue guy. Whoa. <laughs> elitist. No, forget that. I'm a barbecue guy. I'm an elitist. I'm a snob. You know you know how I get down. You guys can follow me on Twitter at J. Hoops. Catch my basketball writing at fanragsports.com. We've got an NBA Finals show coming up soon. Why are you laughing? What did I say wrong? <laughs> well, because I'm thinking, like, you're at, you're at a lake house. You chose the elitist barbecue. Like, he, people are going to get the right idea and just think you're rich. Yeah, me. <laughs> Joe, t- t- good, good one. Tell the good people where they can find you before I hang up on you. In a very poor house with very poor children and a very poor life. No, on Twitter at Joseph Merdon, M-E-R-D-O-N-E-R-D-O-N-E-R-D-O-N-E-R-D-O-N-E-R-D-O-N-E-R-D-O-N-E-R-D-O-N-E-R-D-O-N-E-R-D-O-N-E-R-D-O-